0: Free energy is synonymous with surges, such as transients, in a limit, in one context. It's one version of, one manifestation of free energy. There are three that I hold, um, that I know about. The recycling of reactive power, um, what was the other one? Oh, the the, uh, harvesting of reactants, or reactive power, I should say, from either the environment or the theft of reactive power from man-made sources such as the power grid. But the third type is the most illustrious of them all, in which time seemingly goes backwards, although I don't think that's what it is. I think it's a little more complicated than that. Um, (laughs) But it can look that way um, if you don't know how to analyze the thing properly in a holistic fashion. Um, be that as it may. Um, well, let's see, where did I start? <laughs> um, blah, 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 blah. Oh, so that so-called, for lack of uh, more detailed complexity of explanation, uh, reversal of time phenomenon, in, in from our point of view looking at the energy, not from the energy's point of view, because it's a little more complicated than that from the energy's point of view. But from our point of view, it looks like simply time went backwards, which of course uh, takes us out of the field of conservation of energy, according to Noether's theorem. It's the loophole in conservation of energy, according to Noether's theorem, Emily Noether, N-O-E-T-H-E-R, which some people jokingly uh, think is a fictional name, no ether, but be that as it may. It doesn't matter. It shows that physics has a loophole in the conservation of energy. It's not a law all of the time. Whenever time shifts, according to them, of course, (laughs) it's not a law all of the time. In more instances than just this alone, uh, (laughs) any potential energy is not um, circumscribed by the conservation of energy. Only kinetic energy is. But they never state that. They keep it vague and just call it energy. Um... But at least according to their self-admission, we know that there is one loophole and that is the shifting of time. Reversal of time is one type of shifting of time because unless time goes forward at a constant pace, at a, a pace that is known, not so much constant but is consistent with all points of reference, unless it does that, conservation of energy does not apply. So reversal of time is just one way time can shift. And this is the third aspect of free energy or the use of reactive power, which amounts to the same thing, even though there's no such thing as reactive power because it's a contradiction in terms. Um, But be that as it may, yeah, it's not power. It's simply reactance, but it is power because it's imaginary. Is simply in the imaginary realm, so it's not power per se, but it could become power if the square root of negative one is squared, and it becomes negative one, which means negative watts, reactive power generation. So, I don't worry too much about details of vernacular, you know, what's the appropriate way to call what, you know, whatever. I mean, you pass this shit through a resistor, it turns into real power. It aligns all the phases of amperage with voltage and you get real power. So why worry about it? You know, it, it, the, these. if you want to be a nitpicker, fine, go right ahead. But I don't care. Um, so these transient surges in which time does silly things, let's put it that way, <laughs> complicated things, things that shift. In the, Yeah, time does some shifting. That's right. That's, yeah, okay, that's the best way to put it. Time shifts. So when that happens, that's one version of free energy. Now, there's only two jobs in the electrical engineering field that get paid. Anything else, you don't get paid. Uh, Computer, science, and the electric utility grid. Either managing it, servicing it, whatever. Anything else, you're not going to get a paycheck. You're on your own. (laughs) A la me. (laughs) One example. Now, electrical engineers are not taught about conjugation of... um, uh, What's it called? Conjugation of phases, I think, of a waveform. Conjugation of waveforms. I forgot the term. It's an optical engineer term. And you know these reflectors that are on stop signs and on the lanes, marking the different lanes on the highway? You notice, at any angle, it reflects light. Well, that has to do with conjugation of, I think it's called, waveforms. I'm not clear, I I can't remember. Uh, There's an article on uh, Wikipedia on those reflectors. And, the idea being that if you stand in front of a bathroom mirror, you can see yourself, but if you stand off to one side, you're not. You can't see yourself, because you're too far to the left or the right or above or below. Well, a reflector can't afford to to have those limitations. It has to catch your headlights, no matter what um, angle you are at, to receive the reflection of your own headlights, or anybody else's for that matter, but mostly yours. Yeah, basically, let's let's stick with yours. So, if the stop sign is not totally perpendicular to you, if it's slightly like 45 degrees or whatever, it still has to show up. I don't know what the limit is. It may not be 45. It may be 30 or 25 or something. But it's not not entirely perpendicular. That's an optical engineering phenomenon which is somehow related to free energy. I can't remember. This was the first time I attempted to find an explanation for where free energy comes from. When I first started studying seven years ago, about a year into it, I started to look for answers to the free energy circuits I was creating, you know, it only took a few weeks on Paul Falstad's simulator falstad.com F-A-L-S-T-A-D.com because he uses ideal transformers and nobody knows how to build them so they claim that they're not buildable but I claim that they are I just haven't done the experiments to figure it out yet but I'm pretty certain they're buildable Um, and I have ideas of what experiments to do to find out um, due to Nathan Stubblefield, of all people. Uh, let's see, and John Bedini, a little bit of him. Uh, let's see, where are we? Um, <laughs> whew, boy, covering a lot of stuff here. Surges? Oh, yes. So, surges are one type of free energy. I know I'm skipping something around. I'm skipping around, but I'm trying to go back to the base here. Forget about the, transi- uh, the uh, tangential uh, style of thinking that I tend to do. Um, And since surges or transients are one type of reactive power or free energy, oh, I remember now, (laughs) imaginary numbers and free energy, okay, whatever, negative watts. Um, Since that's one type of free energy, it's one type to be suppressed. We are so thoroughly programmed and brainwashed to believe that this thing is a con at the most and a fiction you know, at the least. Um, Nobody believes anybody who claims they can do free energy. Oh, build it and we'll believe you. Well, (laughs) uh, I'll I'll bet you $40,000. You won't. You'll still think it's fraud, (laughs) even if it's built in front of your face and running. Oh, good grief. I've seen people, you know, they all blah, 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 blah. Well, I thought you'd believe it if it was blah, 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 you know. (laughs) So... The only people who take interest are the ones who know better. And it's their job to suppress it. CIA operatives, maybe NSA. You know, there are a lot of... Oh, Federal Reserve. It'll ruin the economy. We know that from Ralph Ring. That's right. The OTC, the... Um, what was it? The um, It was a weird flying saucer that didn't really go from A to B, it just dis- It just lifted up off the ground, disappeared and then reappeared and in the interim it had gone somewhere else and it, at the location where it lifted off and disappeared and then reappeared and, and sat back down again, it only disappeared for a few seconds, whereas the people on board experienced half an hour of time displacement so there's a little time shifting there <laughs> talk about free energy um <clears throat> So Ralph Ring uh, talks about what happened to their operation, their um, attempt to um, investigate this. They didn't. They weren't even reaching um, the point of a commercial practicality yet. They were still just. Re- they they had their first successful test with human beings on board. The minute they did, within a matter of a couple of weeks, the FBI and a bunch of other letter, uh, alphabet soup agencies showed up. United States of America agencies claiming that they were in violation of destroying the economy and they ha- could not talk to each other anymore. They had a gag order and all their stuff was confiscated and they were disbanded. And uh, Otis Carr, that's the OTC, Otis Carr, of course, uh, the initials of Otis Carr, uh, said to Ralph Ring, I'm sorry, because Ralph said, oh, are we going to try again? You know, he's uh, three times uh, the merrier. No, I don't think so. This is it. Um, Otis Carr was a delivery person, kind of like uh, uh, DoorDash or Uber, you know, de- you know delivery or uh, Instacart, you know. He would take uh, Birdseed to Tesla, who at that point was just feeding pigeons in uh, Central Park in New York. And Tesla told Otis... They became friendly, and they started meeting. And he told Otis, "I'm I'm a washout. They they do not, they do not allow me to come out with anything, you know, commercially." He did advise a few people. He managed to uh, privately, in their inventions, but um, he was just a sack of potatoes at that point—a sad sack. And he said, maybe you will have, you know, better success than I, you know. So he passed the, the proverbial baton to Otis, and Otis did as much as he could with it. But even he failed to bring it to public attention, let alone commercial market. So these are the only people who take interest in any kind of liberating um, march, shall we say, of activists who are scientists or whatever, promoting some expansion of human awareness usually the thing gets suppressed and usually by operatives who go undercover or who don't go undercover but uh, and infiltrate the group but just operate publicly and show up at your door with a warrant and a search warrant and and take everything including your desk chair like um, the FCC did with uh, Richard Hackenberger and Evie Gray and their motor their DC pulse motor Um, and it's still a vibrant activity, but I don't worry about it, because it's the only way to make progress, and I think only only after I'm dead will uh, any progress be made, but be that as it may, um, I'm a farmer. I plant seeds, and somebody else will harvest them. That's basically uh, what a lot of, um, uh, what are they called... When you're out front, when you have a V-shaped formation of geese, you know, flying, um, he's the, the windbreaker, you know, the guy out front, it's called something um, when you're in the snow or, uh, I don't know, <laughs> the guy out front, um, he takes all the flack and uh, the people in the rear get all the credit or get all the benefits. So, it's the most I can hope for. Even though I hope for more, it's the most that, in practical sense, I can hope for. So, I haven't gotten to the punchline yet, the point of this recording. So, since the only people who take an interest are the ones who know that it's of value, and whose job is to suppress it and keep it suppressed, there's a phrase that electrical engineers use who are in charge of managing the grid, the utility grid. It's called balancing the load. Now, balancing the load is a cover term for several things, one of which is to suppress surges. But the other is to suppress um, the opposite, blackouts, brownouts, and keep everything on an even keel. So when we say uh, maintaining the status quo, that's only part of the, the issue. In a larger analysis, it's to keep down the middle and don't go to the right or to the left. And I can see that there's value in that. That's the Tao, <laughs> the uh, you know the middle path, the middle way. Buddha, you know Gautama, 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 <laughs> Gautama Buddha. If I'm saying this right, um, but the suppression of surges implies a political angle the suppression of free energy in general. So now you know balancing the load is code. Can be, could be interpreted in part to imply suppression of free energy because that's exactly what a surge is. It's for free. Um, And the electrical utility grid managers are trained to not allow that to occur. They certainly don't encourage it. They certainly don't take advantage of it. They certainly don't try to re- to regulate it to get use out of it. Unless, of course, it's already built into the system, and that is the case. So, by default, once the utility grid gets large enough, it's already making use of free energy. But it's, you know, a nominal amount. It's not way out of line that would, uh, be striking and obvious, blah, 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 but it is there, and it's the first citation in my peer, re- second peer review, uh, publication article in a science journal on the reversal of time and general relativity of, of electrical energy. Um, it's my first citation. Is a guy in northern, in India, when the power, um, goes offline, when the grid goes offline you know, the power sources go offline the grid still exhibits a rise of energy and the guy documented it and he put it on uh, his uh, article he put a, uh, he cited himself and put it on research.net after he had already published it um, and he's got diagrams that are negative damping if you know anything about negative damping it's Entropy in reverse, it's negentropy, so that instead of the amplitude of a sine wave diminishing due to the dissipation of power, it increases. And he had that graph in his article, it's it's amazing. So well documented, but still clueless where it's coming from, or why. Well, this is what I study. And it's no small wonder that electrical engineers avoid it, because it. I basically, initially, for the first many years... All I could study was the explosive quality of this reactance, this overly reactive um, behavior of of electricity. Um, And that's, of course, dangerous, but under simulation it's no danger at all. And then I could learn, or stumble across, uh, really, (laughs) um, management techniques. And there are ways. But I know for a fact that there are uh, additional management techniques... That are have nothing to do with what I've simulated, and have to do with the materials of construction with my, which my simulator ignored by uh, default. It just assumed everything was copper. That all conductive materials are copper, and that's why it, that that actually is not in Paul Falstad's simulator. That's in the Berkeley Spice family of simulators, such as Microcap and um, what's the other one? Oh shit. <laughs> LTC, LT Spice, Linear Technology Spice, LT Spice. Uh, they're just two examples of the family of simulations that simulators that come out of the Berkeley Spice parent model, coming out of UC Berkeley in California. And there, in the or at least in the mic, well, yeah, no. In there, they assume copper is the conductive metal of choice, and there's no iron unless it's in the core of a transformer. And there's no aluminum, unless it's in an aerial. And even then, uh, very often, that's not uh, specified. It's just copper is assumed everywhere. And copper is highly reactive, and it can give you very explosive results, unlike aluminum or um, uh, iron. Aluminum at least exports its energy, so it doesn't contain it inside itself. So, if it is explosive, and it, I don't think it is, um, it doesn't contain it. But um, an iron has all kinds of uh, time lags, you know, due to hysteresis and remnants, memory. It has all kinds of other features. But copper is basically the, the one that you want to use for reactants to encourage overreactance. So, you don't want it entirely in your system, in your free energy device. You want to use it. You want, you want to do everything... You don't want to do anything blatantly or, or sloppily, I should say. You want to put things where they belong and not put them anywhere else to get exactly what you want out of them and nothing more, nothing less. So when I look at the picture, the photograph of the Amman Brothers power station strapped to the front end of their EV in 1921, batteryless EV... I'm looking at the spheres, which we know are copper, and the tubing uh, underneath them, supporting them, are probably copper tubes. But the barrel shaped winding underneath it looks like it's black, and it looks like it's iron, an iron winding. So he put each metal where it was needed and nowhere else um, to give the properties of what was needed in that component to highlight specific properties so that that component would operate according to his expectations. So materials of construction is something I haven't gotten into. I know about it in a vague way, in a generic way, but I don't really know about it, really. Certainly not from a personal experience. So I don't know how that's going to complicate things and give us means and methods whereby to regulate an explosive overly, uh, overreactance. But I'm sure it will, because all we have to do is look at the naysayers who say it's impossible to create free energy. So it shows that, in many instances, the materials of construction have already done this, have already um, regulated free energy out of existence, preventing it from happening, because they, A, they, the, the person didn't know how to build a circuit to make over unity, and B... To get around and to use materials of construction in a way that are advantageous rather than deleter- deleterious, you know, disadvantageous. Um, in other words, not sloppy. Because we're building a circuit that has intelligence to it, it's intelligently constructed. So it's a form of AI in which it gives you something that a dumb flashlight circuit cannot give you because it's dumb. It consumes your battery, and that's all it's good for. And it gives you light. But it (laughs) destroys your battery, and you've got to go buy a new battery to replace the battery in your flashlight. Whereas your source of energy should be really teeny-weeny, no more than the energy you put off or a tree. And the circuit make up the difference. That's the ideal situation. And if the circuit cannot make up the difference, at least maybe it should steal it from somewhere else or harvest it, depending on how you want to view that. Or recycle the energy that you're giving it so that the little bit of energy is enough to run the circuit because it recycles it 50 times before it uses it up and it has to go back and get some more. And by using it up, I mean dissipate it through losses because that's about the only way to use it up. No... The, uh, conversions conversions and losses that's the way to lose energy the only way that I know of the only two ways um, so aside from conversions and losses if you recycle it to a very large degree you can uh, you can come out with a lot of output by comparison to the input Jim Murray and Paul Babcock magnified their input power of 1 watt to 50 watt load to power a 50-watt resistive load, a light bulb, an incandescent light bulb. Now, they used an incandescent light bulb because that was the simplest demonstration to exemplify without having to worry about the the fact that the energy they were using <laughs> would have to be processed before p- being passed through an electric uh, coil, you know, like in an electric motor, a coil. But through a simple resistive load, such as a uh, incandescent light bulb filament, it's very easy. It automatically puts everything back in alignment and turns the power into real power so that it can be utilized but they got a 50 times gain magnification that's tremendous and they said they could get more that was just not as not as and they have a patent the United States Patent Office awarded them a patent because Jim Murray was very clever he didn't claim over unity what he said was during some or certain quarter cycles of every cycle of alternating um, current torque assistive excuse me assistive torque would be returned to the source now if you know anything about torque it's the uh, golden um, thing to search for with free energy because anybody can get high voltage but if you can get watts that's what we all want is power and so torque requires power you can't get torque from voltage alone that's why uh, static motors electrostatic motors don't have a whole lot of power to speak of or none because there's no current consumption going on when you consume cu- when the device consumes current then it's consuming power and you get torque but to get torque delivered by the circuit c- created produced by the circuit and sent back to the source well <laughs> That's the recycling of power, or the generation of power, or both. Actually, it's a little bit of both. So they're not just uh, recycling power; they're actually gen- uh, generating or regenerating, shall we say? No, they're generating. No, because they're producing more. Yes. Yeah, see, it all. It depends upon the frequency of reuse. If the frequency of reuse is not high enough. Or if the percentage of reuse is not high enough, then you have to create extra to make up the difference. So they may be doing some of both, now that I think of it. I never thought of that before. Um, Yeah, they're probably doing some of both. They're probably generating some uh, reactive power, as well as recycling reactive power. They're they're probably doing both, because they're using uh, capacitor banks, and capacitors are superb at generating... Eric Dollard is correct, <clears throat> I'm going to finish this with, hopefully, with this last thought, when he says that the power or the energy going into a capacitor is not the same energy coming out. And this is the correct way to look at Ohm's Law. Voltage squared divided by resistance equals watts? Uh-uh. But that's close. It's getting there. V- applied voltage times resulting voltage, which is reactive voltage divided by various impedances, including simple resistance, within a framework of time, which means we no longer have watts, we have joules. We have energy, not power. This is the only way to look at Ohm's law. It no longer is Ohm's law. (laughs) It's no longer uh, an equation uh, specifying the um, ingredients of power because there's no such animal in existence. It doesn't exist. Everything, all power exists within a framework of time. You cannot take time out of the equation. It does not work. Except in the mind of the electrical engineer, I suppose, or the mathematician who writes down the uh, formula for uh, Ohm's law, or whatever. I mean, this is really disgusting, and it disgusts me. Oh, we can't teach the more complicated version to the beginning students. They'd never get introduced to the basics of electricity. Well, do you ever teach the more complicated version to advanced students? No, big liars. All of them are liars. Anyway, um, let's see. I think I was supposed to end with that. <laughs> That's right, but why? What was the point? Oh, yes, assistive torque right. And assistive torque. So that's a nice way to say a power gain returned back uh, being generated by the circuits. So that's a hint that they're generating power, not just recycling it. So, so see, they, they're very clever. They were very clever about what they... They never claimed they were generating power. Except they did claim it in a roundabout fashion. It shows how bureaucratic those United States Patent Office personnel are. They look for specific words, and they ignore the concepts. They, they, they're not electrical engineers. They claim to be, but uh, they're certainly not specialists in the field of free energy. They don't know what, what they are excluding from the patent review. You know, oh, we don't look at that over unity. It's a perpetual motion machine. So they really don't know the subject matter, or else they'd believe it to be true the bureaucrats who run this U.S. uh, patent office, the ones, their bosses or whatever, the other letter soup agencies who tell them what to do, you know, Department of Defense or whatever, National Security Agency, that's a different story. They know. Somebody knows and gives the orders. And And the lackeys who follow those marching orders don't know a damn thing, and that's the way they would like things to be. And that's the way they would like us to be, you and I. Ignorant, dumb, dumbfounded, whatever, and uh, tied. we just have to go along with it because we don't know any better so I took the the trouble to learn this stuff on my own by trial and error to begin my experience catalog of experience so that I'd have something to look up and research nothing better than experience oh why is this working (laughs) everybody says I'm doing it wrong and so that seven years of time that I've spent researching, or six years, whatever it is. That's how I learned this stuff. Um, anyway, <laughs> there's so many lies. I'm not even get into them. I've already gotten into them before. So this one had to do with that phrase, balancing the load, that it's a code, to co- a, a cover term, a coded message cover term that partly is applicable to the suppression of free energy because it's specifically sets out to suppress surges and so it's both a scientific term or an electrical engineering term as well as a, politici- a political um the politis- politi- politicization 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 of science um whatever <laughs>